Chapter Fifty Six of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefano. Chapter Fifty Six. Doctor Walsingham and the Chapel is at Christians. Meet to the sound of the holy bell and a vampire sits in the church the next day the sabbath bell from the ivied tower of chapel is a church called all good folk round to their pews and seats stirk's place was empty already it knew him no more and mrs stirk was absent but the little file of children of whom the neighbours looked with an awful and tender curiosity was there lord townsend too was in the vice-regal seat with gentlemen of his household behind splendid in star and peruke and eyed over their prayer-books by many inquisitive christians nutter's little pew under the gallery was void like stirks these sudden blanks were eloquent and many as from time to time the dismal gap opened silent before their eyes felt their thoughts wander and lead them away in a strange and dismal dance among the nodding hawthorns in the butcher's wood amidst the damps of night where stirk lay in his leggings and powder and blood and a beetle droned by unheeding and no one saw him save the guilty eyes that gleamed back as the shadowy shape stole swiftly away among the trees dr walsingham's sermon had reference to the twofold tragedy of the week nutter's supposed death by drowning and the murder of stirk in his discourses he sometimes came out with a queer bit of erudition such as while it edified one portion of his congregation filled the other with unfeigned amazement we may pray for rain said he on one occasion when the collect had been read and for other elemental influence with humble confidence for if it be true as the roman annalists relate that their augurs could by certain rites and imprecations produce thunderstorms if it be certain that thunder and lightning were successfully invoked by king porcina and as lucius piso whom pliny calls a very respectable author avers that the same thing had frequently been done before his time by king numa pompilius surely it is not presumption in a christian congregation and so forth on this occasion he warned his parishioners against assuming that sudden death is a judgment on the contrary the ancients held it a blessing and pliny declares it to be the greatest happiness of life how much more should we many of the roman worthies as you are aware perished thus suddenly quintius aemilius lepidus going out of his house struck his great toe against the threshold and expired Gnaeus Babius Pampilius, a man of praetorian rank, died while asking a boy what o'clock it was. Aulus Manlius Torquatus, a gentleman of consular rank, died in the act of taking a cheesecake at dinner. Lucius Tusius Valla, the physician, deceased while taking a draught of mulsum. Appius Sophius, while swallowing an egg, and cornelius gallus the praetor and titus heterius a knight 
each died while kissing the hand of his wife and i might add many more names with which no doubt you are equally familiar the gentlemen of the household opened their eyes the officers of the royal irish artillery who understood their man winked pleasantly behind their cocked hats at one another and his excellency coughed with his perfumed pocket-handkerchief to his nose a good deal and master dicky stirk a grave boy who had a side view of his excellency told his nurse that the lord lieutenant laughed in church and was rebuked for that scandalum magnatum with proper horror then the good doctor told them that the blood of the murdered man cried to heaven that they might comfort themselves with the assurance that the man of blood would come to judgment he reminded them of st augustine's awful words god hath woollen feet but iron hands and he told them an edifying story of mamprecius the son of Maidan, the fourth king of england then called Britain, after brute who murdered his brother manlius and mark ye this after twenty years he was devoured by wild beasts and another of one besus tis related by plutarch who having killed his father was brought to punishment by means of swallows which birds his guilty conscience persuaded him in their chattering language did say to one another that besus had killed his father whereupon he bewrayed his horrible crime and was worthily put to death the great martin luther he continued reports such another story of a certain almain who when thieves were in the act of murdering him espying a flight of crows cried aloud o crows i take you for witnesses and revengers of my death and so it fell out some days afterwards as these same thieves were drinking in an inn a flight of crows came and lighted on the top of the house whereupon the thieves jesting said to one another see yonder are those who are to avenge the death of him we dispatched t'other day which the tapster overhearing told forthwith to the magistrate who arrested them presently and thereupon they confessed and were put to death and so he went on sustaining his position with strange narratives called here and there from the wilderness of his reading among the congregation that heard this sermon and the eccentricities of which i have hinted but which had beside much that was striking simply pathetic and even awful in it there glided shall i say a phantom with the light of death and the shadows of hell and the taint of the grave upon him and sat among these respectable persons of flesh and blood impenetrable secure for he knew there were but two in the church for whom clever disguises were idle and transparent as the air the blue-chinned sly clerk who read the responses and quavered the psalms so demurely and the white-headed silver-speckled upright man in my lord castle mallard's pew who turned over the leaves of his prayer-book so diligently saw him as he was and knew him to be charles archer and one of these at least as this dreadful spirit walked with his light burning in the noonday dogged by inexorable shadows through a desolate world in search of peace 
he knew to be the slave of his lamp. End of chapter 56 Recording by John Brandon